How to find clients online. You're running an online business. It's kind of been our theme lately. We're chatting about how to grow your coaching business, your real estate business, your social media brand, and how to find clients, how to fill that pipeline. That's our biggest struggle, our biggest question, our number one priority. So here are my nine tips. Nine, an odd number. Sorry for you OCD people. Maybe I'll come up with a tenth while I'm speaking. Number one, I will talk about this till I'm blue in the face. Posting consistent, valuable content. This is the number one way. I have built credibility. I have built awareness. I can walk into an acai shop and the owner knows who I am because he follows me on Instagram. I am consistent. And I sit back and I think about what is the number one struggle of my ideal target audience and how can I help them today for free through my content? How can I answer their biggest questions? How can I support them in life through my content, through what I'm sharing, through me showing up for a long duration of time? When I say long duration of time, I don't mean seven days and your pipeline is going to be filled. I mean, you've got to do this. You've got to be in it for a few months, sometimes six months, sometimes a year. I mean, it took me three years to really see my the fruits of my labor from my real estate stuff. So be in it for the long term. Don't give yourself a deadline of, okay, well, if by April, you know, if this isn't working, I'll move to something else. That's the number one thing I heard when I was in network marketing is people gave themselves a timeline and oftentimes per their spouse's request, they said, okay, I'll give this six months. And if after six months, I'm not seeing a certain level of success, I'm going to dip. So they had a timeline on it and they were one foot in, one foot out with the plan B. But you've got to be committed. You've got to be committed for the long term. You've got to see the vision of what you're doing in your brand long term. It can't be this temporary make money quick type of thing. You're not going to see results in anything in just 30 days. It takes a while for your body to change. It takes a while for whatever supplement you're taking to take effect. It takes a while for businesses to grow. It takes a while for the fruits of your labor to actually come into fruition. I personally in my business see it about a month or two behind. So the work that I'm putting in right now will start paying off. I'll start seeing the benefits of that work in about a month and a half. So if I averaged one to two months, about a month and a half, I'll start seeing the fruits of my labor that I'm doing now. So keep that in mind and consistently add valuable content with that long-term game plan in mind and you will see more clients in your DMs. Number two, do hashtags really work anymore? I don't know. If you post hashtags on your posts, are you doing it intentionally? So they can work for you in other ways than just like getting more likes on your posts. So think about it this way. What is your ideal audience hashtagging? So if hashtags don't even work to get your post more engagement, then who cares? Just use them 
differently than how everybody else is using them. So what's your ideal audience hashtagging? What is the biggest problem that you help solve? Look for them there. So for example, if you help the heartbroken or you help people looking to lose weight, hashtag heartbroken, hashtag weight loss journey, or maybe you help people get out of the funk. Maybe they feel depressed in life or they're at a low or they feel purposeless, hashtag motivational quotes, hashtagging things that are relating to their biggest struggle or their current phase in life rather than hashtagging what like your niche is. For example, like online coach, hashtag online coach. Like your ideal target audience isn't using that hashtag or searching for that hashtag, but they could be looking up hashtags that relates to hashtag diet tips or hashtag workout videos because they're wanting to lose weight. They're wanting to get fit. So using hashtags differently than how you're using them now, like publish them on your posts with this in mind, but also look at hashtags feeds of these things as well. So thinking, okay, what is my ideal audience hashtagging? And then you go to that hashtags feed. If you're not following hashtags are their own stream of photos from all different creators and posts so it's like a different explore page but specific to that hashtag so you can look at hashtag heartbroken and you can see people all over the world posting and using that hashtag so you can then comment interact and engage on those posts so really thinking about what is your biggest problem that you solve and what are those people who have those problems using for hashtags and take advantage of that. Number three, join groups and create groups. So joining free groups on Facebook or groups on Instagram or webinars or creating them yourself and creating challenges. So these are free challenges And you don't have to pitch at the end. Just create a community within your social media and join communities within your social media. But remember to stick to your niche. Stick to the type of people that you want to work with. Join groups that include people that you want to work with. Be super intentional about it. The free challenges and groups that you're going to be creating should be around what you have to offer and you're providing free content around that struggle that you help with. It's like an intro to your offering, but you're giving things away for free. You're changing people's lives for free. You're adding value to their lives for free. So wrapping your head around the free concept, a lot of people have that scarcity mindset of, well, if I give it away for free, then no one's going to pay for it, which isn't true. The more value you give away for free, the more valuable people will see you and the more likely they're going to opt into your paid offering. Number four, when we meet people, we say, oh, how'd you guys meet? And a lot of the time people will respond through a friend of a friend. Your friends know people who know people and so on. So use your mutual connections, engage, 
interact, introduce yourself through your friends' followings or ask your friends, hey, do you have anybody that, you know, might want to work with me? Can you make this introduction? Can you share this? Do you know anybody that, you know, would find value in what I have to offer? Number five, make shareable content. Gain exposure to other people's profiles. Let me tell you how. When you have a photo of you and a friend, tag them. They're going to want to reshare it. When they reshare it, it's going to have your tag on it. And it's going to reach a whole other audience. It's going to reach their following. That exposes you to a whole other audience. Tagging brands. So if you're wearing something from, let's say, as simple as Target, tag that. If you're drinking a kombucha on the beach, tag that. One of my friends just posted a picture of her drinking a kombucha on the beach and she's doing this sober challenge. And so she wanted to make sure that people knew it was a kombucha and not a beer. And so she tagged the kombucha brand and that brand reshared her post. And it wasn't even her intention. It was just to make it look like she wasn't actually drinking. And that gained her exposure to that kombucha company's whole audience. And to go along with that, tagging local businesses. So I go down and I get acai at this new acai place that's attached to my building. And I tag them. And they reshared my acai bowl. Like something as simple as that. I know a friend that tagged his watch or his briefcase. The brands of those companies love those tags because it's free marketing for themselves. And they're going to reshare it. And while they reshare it, It's connected to your profile and will help you gain more followers, likely your ideal target audience if you're living out a lifestyle that is of and relating to what you offer and is being a good example. So for example, don't tag that you're at the strip club in the middle of the night. Like that's a really extreme example, but tag things relating to your offering, to your lifestyle, your healthy, abundant value-driven lifestyle, and other brands will reshare that, giving you exposure to their entire following. In addition to that, collaborating with other influencers, podcasters, coaches, cross-contaminate your audience with their audience. Obviously, make sure that you don't have the exact offering or you don't have the exact same target audience. For example, I live a very healthy, holistic lifestyle, but I don't have anything necessarily nutrition and fitness related as an offering. That might include my target audience, but I don't have anything for sale for those people. I'm not an expert in that realm. So I might collaborate with a friend who is, who does have nutrition advice to provide, and I'll host a podcast with her or do a joint live video with her or have her take over my stories for a day and I take over her stories for a day. It's like a story swap. But cross-contaminating your audience in some way, shape, or form is extremely beneficial to grow your brand and the brand of other small businesses that you can collaborate with. And lastly, on the create shareable content, giveaways is a huge one. So I recommend doing a giveaway for local brands 
or online small businesses because you're then giving back as well as giving to your audience, but have it be items that you actually buy so that you are actually benefiting this brand. You're actually putting money into their business and not just asking for things for free. I think that there's a time and a place to ask for free things, but I feel like influencers have gotten extremely entitled with seeking free shit and thinking that just sharing it on their stories is going to add this crazy amount of value to this brand. Like buy the item, just buy it. It's not that big of a deal. Just buy the item, give back to that small business or that company or that local brand, then post a giveaway sharing the basket of all the different things that you collaborated through local brands and small businesses and tag each individual brand in that post, in that giveaway, so that they might reshare it. And then you're giving back, you're giving away. You're bringing people to your posts through the brands and then the giveaway should say, tag a friend, tag three friends. The more tags you tag, the more likely you get the package, whatever. But what you don't want to do is have a list of people. So what a lot of influencers used to do, I don't know if they still do it because they don't really scroll on social media to see if they do it or not, but they would post a giveaway like a bunch of influencers would put money into the pool and they would buy something and then they would all each individually post this giveaway and they would say follow all of these this list of people below and it'd be like a list of 10 to 25 people you had to go and follow all of these people just to be entered into this giveaway <laughs> don't do that please if it's like one other person that you collaborate with I guess I still think that it's best to independently post giveaways and represent these brands but if you wanted to do it with another creator that you think adds value and you think your following would want to also follow, then okay, fine. Just put a lot of thought into who that individual is. And if you are in agreement with all of their business values and morals and you are on the same page, that's probably a whole other podcast. But who you follow and who you collaborate with is now a representation of your brand and it shows that you are supporting that company. And I've had to make some really hard decisions with all of my social media because I found that a few people that I genuinely care about weren't on the same page as I was with my beliefs and my morals and my values. And it sounds really dumb, but a follow or a like shows support and shows agreement. And there were just things that I couldn't agree with and I couldn't have my brand backing. So really consider that. Consider what friends, family, other brands are posting and if you are in agreement. And it doesn't have to be everything. If they post something that you're like, I don't know if I agree with that. Obviously, that doesn't result in an unfollow. It's like the consistent fundamental morals and values and where their business is going Or, you know, if they're posting naked pictures or just photos that you don't want on your feed. Like if you're looking at your Instagram in public and something pops up from an individual, are you going to hide your phone? Are you going to be embarrassed if somebody else sees that post on your screen? Those were the type of people that I had to unfortunately remove from my social media and not have my business supporting. 
Number six, referrals. Ask. It's not weird. It's not uncomfortable. Ask your current or past clientele, hey, do you know anyone that you think would benefit from working with me? Hey, you got really great results. Do you mind telling your friends about me? Hey, I have a few spots open and would love if you would refer some of your friends to my services. Number seven, engage. Stop waiting for your clients to come to you. Go to them. The beautiful thing about social media is we have access to people while they sit in the comfort of their own home, on their couch, with their phone in their hand. Likely with an Apple wallet where it takes two taps from the side button of your home screen to enable you to purchase something without much thought. Take advantage of that with the best intentions, but go comment, interact, build genuine relationships. Like think about this in all caps. I'm screaming this. Really not, but screaming it in my head. Build genuine relationships with the intention to provide value. Change their life in some way, but don't do this just to make a sale. People can sense that energy from a mile away. I hate to, I hate to do it, but I'm going to call network marketers out right now. Network marketers are trained to do this. They're trained. Go connect. Go build relationships. Go ask them about their lives. Go DM that friend from high school that you haven't talked to in 10 years and ask them how their kids are doing and connect with them first and then ask them to join your business. Please don't do that anymore. Please don't. We we can sense it. We know that there's a reason that you're DMing us. We know that you have a sale in your back pocket and you don't really care about our kids. <laughs> Have your first priority be that you want to build a relationship. You want to learn about their lives. You are genuinely interested in these people. And then second, make the sale if and when it feels mutually beneficial. But this goes with adding valuable content. Because if you're constantly helping people through your content and you're engaging, and you're having conversations with them, they're already going to see value in you. And they're not just going to see you sliding in their DMs trying to get to know them just to make a sale. So it's it's like the collaboration of both. They go hand in hand. Find these people within your current following, first and foremost. This is foundational when you have less than 5,000 followers, it's important to build those relationships because you'll have that solid foundation of 5,000 followers who will comment on your stuff. Like, have you ever seen accounts of, I would say it's like 18 to 25 year olds who have like a thousand followers, but they have like 500 likes per photo. And you're like, how's your engagement so good? Well, They likely have relationships with those people. They've likely engaged, interact, and built trust with 
a thousand people. So their engagement is then higher because more people are seeing, liking, commenting on their stuff. So when you have a lower following, it's important to build those foundations and not focus on increasing your numbers at high rates because once you have 100,000 followers, you can't go back to focusing on 500 people and building a relationship with those people. So just keep that in mind. High numbers don't always equate to high sales. Someone can be making more money at 500 followers than somebody who has 100,000 followers because they know those people. They speak directly to those people and they've engaged, interacted, and built relationships with those 500 people. Number eight, niche down. I'm going to give you a different taste of what niche might be because I've been niched on how my mindset on niched is until recently. This doesn't need to mean talk about the same topic, that topic, and only that topic. A lot of people think, what's your niche? And you're like, oh, I'm going to talk about gut health. Well, I don't want to talk all just simply about gut health. And I don't believe that that's all other people want to hear me talk about, to be honest. If my podcast was only about gut health, first, I would run out of shit to say. Second, I don't think my following would ever really grow. And I don't think you guys would be that interested. So when I got a DM the other day that was like, hey, I really respected you because you talked about your Crohn's disease journey and your gut health. And I feel like you've strayed away from your purpose. And I'm like, bitch, please. My purpose is not just to talk about gut health. Like, happy that that helped you during that season. And like, I might add some things in here and there about it. But like, that's not all I'm about. I am not my disease. I this That's not my niche. And I quickly realized that's not my fucking niche. So back on track. Niching down means you know your target person. Your ideal client, you know them so well. Know what they like. Know what they do in their free time. Know what keeps them up at night. Know what they're reading, what they're listening to, what they're watching. It's really important to know their current struggles, their past trauma. You know what inspires them, what motivates them, what they need to improve in their lives. Develop content around this target person in mind. So many would say, this is your target audience, not your niche. Well, isn't it kind of, it kind of goes hand in hand. You're niching down on your target audience, I guess. Honestly, nobody really fucking knows what they're talking about. They're all just making up these terms for this virtual reality that we're creating in and of ourselves. So it can mean whatever we want it to mean. Okay. So niche down on your target audience, know your target audience, know them well, focus on them and develop content with that specific person in mind using hashtags that relate to that person. Like I said earlier, tagging applicable accounts and brands, and then dispersing that content across the platforms you're currently focusing on. It can really be that easy. So don't get overwhelmed by all of these ideas. These are just ideas. But when you consistently do this, this one line, I'll read it again so that you're not overwhelmed. Develop content with only this person in mind. So you're creating reels or posts 
using hashtags that relate to that person, tagging whatever is applicable in that photo or reel, and then you're dispersing that content across the platforms that you're focusing on. And when you consistently do this, your clients will come. Number nine, finding clients is not call to actions. It's not constantly explaining who you work with and what you do. Oh my gosh, I just called some people out right there. Who does this? I see it every day. This is what I do. This is who I'm looking for. This is how many spots I have left. That's, it might work initially for a little while, but it's not it. Finding clients is not developing the perfect website, lead funnel, drip campaign, or Facebook ad. Although, however, these things can help if you're far enough along in your brand development. If you have an offering or a course or an ebook where like a mass amount of people can like come purchase and instantly plug in, that's where those lead funnels, drip campaigns, Facebook ads will really come in handy after you've developed your brand. But if you work with individual people, like you're a one-on-one coach, you're looking for clients where you want a roster of 5, 10, 15, or 20 people at a time, connecting one-on-one with those people is going to be your best bet in fulfilling that list. So don't put so much pressure on yourself to have the perfect website, honestly. I don't know, like I've probably looked at one individual's website in the past year to two years. Like unless it's a local brick and mortar business where I'm looking at what their services are, that's not necessarily what triggers me to work with somebody. Like for instance, I'll kind of conclude this podcast on this point. The coach that I paid $12,000 to work with uh, doesn't have a website. He connected with me through a mutual friend who was currently using him as a coach. And then I figured out through her that one of our other friends was coached by him a few years ago. So I heard the person who's currently using him, I heard her feedback on what he's doing for her. And then I reached out to a past client of his and asked her her experience. And she sent me a voice message of you know what she got from it, how it was. And then I was on three calls with him where he added value to my life for three hours on three different individual unique calls, gave me insight into my biggest problems, helped me actually solve a lot of those problems before I even set up to pay him or made a decision to even work with him. He gives so much value away for free, knowing that that is going to help me see him as valuable and more credible. Like from those three calls, I was like, damn, if he can do this in three calls, I can't even imagine what he could do working with me for six months. And I was in. So consider that, keep that in your back pocket when you're thinking about giving things away for free, sharing valuable content for free, like making one-on-one genuine connections. This guy doesn't run Facebook ads. He doesn't have a website. He doesn't, he doesn't do all of that stuff. He connects with people. 
connect and serve. That's his motto. You connect and serve. You add value. You help people with their biggest problems and you show up consistently and you're doing this with the intention to really serve people instead of the intention to build your bank account. Like that's what we want in business. We want to thrive. We want to be abundant. We want to see success in our business. But before that, we have to have the desire to help people. 